In today's episode of the David Watson podcast, I spoke with Maz from Garage Therapy. Now, I have a passion for my car and I have a passion for cleaning the car and I, I use the products from Garage Therapy. But no pun intended, the details that went into these detailing products is phenomenal. And it's a must listen if you're into car detailing. It really is. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to the David Watson podcast. How are you? Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. No, I, I very much appreciate you coming in um, or coming on to that, especially as I actually use your products. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I found out about you from uh, a guy called Liam, uh, who's a detailer down in Ainsbury who looks after my car. And that's how I found you on Instagram as garage therapy and since then um in fact i've got some shampoo on the way i think it's i ordered some the other day oh thank uh, you very much that's right hopefully you get it soon <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so but how did you i mean like how, how do you even start because it's not just you you don't just detail you actually just thought kind of sod it and started doing your own products um yeah so I, I, I guess I'll give you a rundown of my background and, and how um, the, the concept um, or, the, or the passion for, for detailing started. Um, so I, when I finished university, um, my first interview, I got my first job um, straight off the, off, off the bat. And, um, it, you know, it was, I was in IT, I was, was a young lad um, and I wanted, you know, as, aside from doing IT and starting on a very small salary, um, at, at that point, I was thinking to myself, well, I need, I need to find a way to to accelerate my <laughs> my earning potential quite quickly, right? So, because I wanted, you know, cars and yeah. clothes and 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 all the things that 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 you know, um, young men want in in life, um, and. Um, I quickly started looking at detailing um, because it was it wasn't a, a foreign concept to me because um, my my father and my uncles um, they're I guess you could say they're petrol heads in a sense um, and my uncle had um, several Porsches um, my other uncle he had a, um, a, a Sierra Cosworth that that was uh, very nice highly, mod highly modified back in the in the eighties um and 90s so so keeping you know your car clean and tidy I, I guess was was um part of the family yeah <laughs> and and um so so when when i you know once i, I developed you know um, as my career went on i should say um and i bought my first car of any real value i thought right i need to machine polish this because there's some imperfections in the paint um and um, at that time, I just met my, my now business partner, Roger, through a, through a local car club. Um, and he just literally lived four or five minutes down the road from me. So it was, it was quite handy, I guess. Um, and, you know, we started looking into detailing and, and being, I, I guess, a geek in, in IT. Um, and um, I think I inherited this from, from my father and my uncles, because my uncle was a, an engineer. 
Um, and my, my father was very good at mathematics and memorizing things. So um, attention to detail is, I guess, is within my um, my my ethos or my, my blood, you, you, you could say. And I, I didn't just want to detail. I wanted to know how to detail. I wanted to I wanted to get the very best possible results straight off the bat. That's one of the reasons why I don't really do DIY because if I can't do it perfectly, I understand what's happening. Yeah, I'm the same, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I started looking at getting um, a professional to detail my car and I quickly found out that it was well beyond my, my budget. So so that forced me to, to look into detailing and learning it for myself. And, and that was around 2006. Okay. Um, um, 2005 2006 and um i i do what i normally do i, I research i read whatever literature was available on the internet um, at the time i reached out to um, various people through email um that i that i saw on on forums and and, and on the internet um mike phillips being one of them he's a, a quite a famous chap in america he runs one of the largest i think resellers in, in the in the in the states called Auto Geek, and at the time, this was a long time ago. Obviously, I reached out to him. I said, "Look, you know, I just asked him a barrage of questions, and, and luckily he responded to me." Nice guy. And then gave, yeah, and then he, he you know two or three emails back and forward, and he gave me you know tips on how to start, you know what to do, um, and I just continued um, my my I guess my passion from there. Really, I, I started. I bought the equipment. I started practicing on my own car, and and you could say the rest is history. Um, in two thousand eight, um, Roger and I returned professional. Um, so we used detailing as a mechanism to obviously get the cars in and, and charge um, a fair amount to to get them detailed, and 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 word spread, and we got busier and busier. Um, and it came to a point um, four or five years later, whereby we got. So, the demand got so high that we had to make a choice. Do we stop our full-time careers? I was in IT. He was a structural engineer to pursue detailing. Um, and we quickly figured out that we weren't ever going to earn as much detailing as, as what we were in our careers. So, Cause there's so two serious on. careers, structural engineering and IT that, you know, that, yeah, that they're serious careers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and um, it, I mean, I was fortunate that, that from the age of 25, I got thrust into management as well. So my earning potential was quite high from a young age. Um, and it, it was a no brainer effectively. I just thought there's just no way that I could, um, unless, unless I went full in to, to that, to that industry. Uh, not that I wasn't full in anyway, but, but full time, Hmm. um and and really you know set up a, a shop let's call it or a unit and 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 you know had three or four cars in a week of, of significant value and the details were significant size to earn the same sort of money i thought it's just not it's just not possible so so we chose our careers and we chose to wind down the business or wind it down to the point whereby we only did cars that we really wanted to do yeah um as as just to keep us up to date and as a hobby you know really um and in 2018 um um roger 
many years later, Roger got himself a new car and he, he came to my house and, you know, showed me the car and everything. And he said, oh, you know, we should start detailing again. And I, and I chuckled. <laughs> I said, you've got, you, you got to be joking. I can barely, barely survive at work and, 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 and having a young family, let alone start machine polishing cars again. Um, and I said to him, I'll tell you what, um, with now I'm a lot older and, and I know a lot more about business and, and, um, and I have contacts within various industries. Um, let's start a car care brand. Hmm. Um, so one of a good friend of mine, his name is uh, Asher Long. He used to, um, he worked for Microsoft and um, he helped design um, the Aero interface, which I don't know what your background is, what your industry is, but that is um, the graphics that, that were used in Windows 7 when it was first introduced. Okay. Um, and, the, and the UI interface, he was part of the development team that, that created that. So it was a very talented individual. Yeah. And, sin and since then, he's, he's an entrepreneur. And since then, he, he went to Google. He helped develop YouTube. Um, and he started up his own business and he got a private investment from the ex-owner of LinkedIn um, to, to start his own venture and, and, and um, he was very successful at that. So I gave him a call and I said, Ash, I have this idea. Can you, can you, what do you think? And the three hours later, um, you know, we had, <laughs> had a name, we had a logo, um, and he, and he, and, and a brief as to what we, you know, the, 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 the vision that Roger and I had and, and, and Ash with his, with his input into that vision, um, you know, a company effectively. Um, and it was, it was that, you know, that's, that's effectively how garage therapy started was, was, um, rather than going back into detailing and on the hands on, um, yeah. Capacity, you know, machine polishing cars and, and making them look great, which is, don't get me wrong, we still, I still do it. And, and it's very enjoyable. Um, when I when I do dip my toe into that, well, I decided to put what I've learned in in my career and and in business into effectively into practice um, with with some caveats as to how far I was going to put or how quickly I was going to push the business um, and how far. Um, so we, it was either you you know you get a ton of investment in early early, early doors and, and and you try and, and and you know explode on the industry um or you start small and, and let it grow yeah um, and, and um when i started garage therapy i still had a, a i was still a had a job with a big corporate um so it was very much a, a, i guess a side a secret side hustle <laughs> and, um, so, so I, I thought we'll start it small um, and, and just let it grow and, and see what happens because it's a very competitive industry. So um, that, that was the way. But it's remarkable how well it's done considering how reluctant you were to do it. Yes, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's remarkable in, in the sense that it's such a competitive industry um, there's so many um, ways you can you can approach um, being a car care brand, and, and yeah. it goes back to your initial question. I'm cognizant that I'm, I'm diverting now from, from your question. But, that's fine. But it, 
um, you know, how do you start? And, and it's, it was very much, um, that was at the forefront of, of our conversations when we, when we came up with the ideas is what do we do? How do we approach this? Um, how do we start? You know, what type of supply chain are we going to have? Who's, you know, what chemists are we going to have? Are we going to go the, the white label blended route, go to one of the large um, chemical manufacturers and ask them to make us products? Are we going to find chemists um, and get them to create everything from the ground up? Um, you know, and outsource the manufacturing? Um, are we going to launch a full range from the beginning or not? Um, so there was various, um, I guess, integral topics that needed thorough discussion uh, and planning yeah. um, to, 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 to map out what garage therapy could be and how it should start. Um, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to go into a little bit more detail as to how those oh. conversations went. But, uh, but I definitely want to do that. But there's a question that I'm burning to ask, if I, but, and then we're going to flip back. What was the car that started all of this? The car? Um, yeah, that you met so, uh, with Roger. Yeah, so um, I had, I bought a, a Seat Leon yeah. uh, Mark I, um, and it was, um, I couldn't, I wanted the Cupra R, so, yeah. so the, the money wasn't the issue in the sense of just outright purchasing the car, it was more the insurance. Now, <laughs> I, I, um, I passed my test quite late, because of a of a, an injury that I had to my left um, leg, so yep. I had um, nerve damage. Don't ask me how it happened because no one knows. But um, oh, I had um, quite bad nerve damage down my left leg. One one day I woke up and I couldn't raise my left foot up. Jesus. And and um, yeah, no, I went to um, a, a hospital in I believe it was in Holborn at the time, um, a neurologist, and they done various tests and they said, yeah, your nerves from my hip down to my left leg have been damaged and the signal is just not reaching your, your hmm. left leg to, 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 so you can raise your foot upwards. That means I couldn't operate really a clutch yeah. um, or play any sports. So, so that delayed me passing my test for a couple of years and that ultimately had the knock-on effect on insurance premiums and, yeah. and things of that nature. So when, I, when it came to me purchasing my first car, I wanted a Cupra R. Um, which was a 1.8 turbo and um, the insurer was like no way <laughs> so I ended up with with a diesel um, and it was it was it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because it it forced me to understand aside from understanding diesel engines but how to modify a car properly yeah um, especially with the help from my uncle from being an engineer and, and, and tuning um, but um, I knew that it was never going to be the fastest in the straight line. So I was looking at other things that would make the car at the time, at that age, make the car special. And then I, and I took it really far, but it was, it was to answer your question. It was a, a Seat Leon Mark, uh, Mark, Mark one. one. Yeah. Um, and, and Roger had the same, at the time he had the same car. He bought, he bought the same car. His one was black. My one was silver, um, gray, sorry. So, and you see, yeah. I just need to put this into context. You got into detailing from a diesel Seat Leon. Correct. <laughs> so, so that is car nuts at its worst. Yes. Or at its <laughs> best, even. <laughs> yeah, I mean, detailing is about, it doesn't, I mean, the... the, the, the but that, it's, it, it, the, 
it's, it's the fact that it doesn't have to be an exotic car, doesn't it? If you love your car, absolutely, you, you love it. Yes. And if you're a car, yeah, if you're a car nut, it makes perfect sense. Yes, and 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 for me, it was about. Um, I, I guess I carry that. That it's not. An, I wouldn't say. Uh, I don't like the term um, OCD because it's not obsessive compulsive disorder. But I, I carry that ethos, keeping things clean, keeping things mm. organised. I'm very much, you know, you have a tidy mind, you know, yeah. you know, your, your life will effectively sort itself, uh, you know, or, or lay itself out accordingly. Um, so I try and make my life as, as, as organized as I can, not control, just as, just as, just well laid out. So, and I like that with my vehicles. So, um, I'm fortunate that, that, um, you know, I own three cars now, um, um, and, each one of them is, is I, I care for um, probably not as well as I could, but I, I, I put a lot of care and attention into, into all of them, um, regardless of make or model. Um, yeah. I think it's, I almost think it's a reflection of, of yourself in, to a certain extent. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, like I said, I, I just love the fact that the passion started with, with um, the, the Seat Leon diesel because <laughs> When you say car detail and stuff like that, everybody jumps towards supercars, exotics, luxury models, brands and all that. But passion doesn't care what car it is. Do you know what I mean? And when when you've got that car and it and it's your first love and, and you just love that kind of thing, it, it doesn't matter. You like you and it you know, it, it's just a wonderful way for it to grow from because it's it didn't really um Yeah, it the seed that took it it was just it was just a passion for cars. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I uh, mean, ultimately, detailing is an extension of, you know, um, let's say motorsport or the automotive industry, right? Yeah. So we all love cars, and 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 to take that that um, obsession further. Well, what else can you do with a car apart from obviously drive it all the time and track it? Well, you, you, you clean yeah. it, you maintain it, and 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 um, I guess that's the time where you can um, gather your thoughts, right? And this is the I guess it is where it comes to the name, right? You know, you, I love you, the name. You, yeah, so so you know, you, you say you do a track day, and you, you come home and 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 you clean the car up from your track day because it's got peppered with rubber and grit yeah. and stone god knows what else and and that's the time where you bond with the car right and you inspect it and you clean it and you say right you know is it in good shape is it not in good shape if there's any problems that i need to be aware of you know is it looking as good as it can be um and that's the therapy aspect of it right it's um it gives you it gives you a lot of thinking time when you're cleaning your car um, oh definitely i mean i i got a, a tt and I, I purchased it about um 18 months ago uh, 2017 plate uh, white and uh well actually why, why am i telling you you've seen the pictures i put it on instagram <laughs> liam finished with it <laughs> um well, for the benefit of your your list yeah yeah <laughs> um and i find it so therapeutic to, to clean it you know and it was you know and and that kind of that obsession you you were talking about is what uh got me to get in touch with Liam to start with. It's like, uh, let's see, I don't think I'm doing a good enough job, you know, do with somebody putting down a good kind of baseline and, and seeing what happened. And then, of course, then that led into the, oh, you need to try these products. And I was like, oh, right, okay. 
So how did you come up with, where does, because <clears throat> I've never come across products like Gareth, uh, Garage Therapy before. And I'm sure they, they exist. Do you know what I mean? I, I, but can you explain what the chemical processes are? Because you have, um, well, there's the, the, I'll let you explain because there's like three, four different treatments, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. So, so the, so one of the, when, when, uh, I, I guess when you're, when you're, I think it's very important that when you start a company, um, or you start a business venture that you have um, at least you set yourself goals, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's as with anything you do, you have to aim for something. The yes. reason why our eyes are pointing forward, right? Because Absolutely. we're very aim based creatures, right? So um, when, when Roger and I sat down and, and we thought about garage therapy and what it could be and what our goals are, um, we had to, we, we had to figure out, right, what products do we want to create and, and what are the USPs for those products? Um, and we didn't want to just create um, generic products um, for, for the industry because there's already fierce competition um, in the industry with lots of different companies offering shampoos and quick detailers and citrus pre-washes and tar and glue removers etc and then that's that's all well and good and, and you need those products but you need as a company you need a way to stand out um, and as part of our effectively our design philosophy for these products um, they have to be of the very best quality that we can afford or we can get um, they have to perform and they have to be of value. Now, value, people, when you say value, people may think, oh, it's monetary value. And that's one component of value. Hmm. But value can extend to lots of different aspects, as, as can performance, as can quality. So they're not um, set in stone as to um, what quality or performance of value can be. So, so for example, um, I find a good smelling car shampoo of good value yeah now what is the value proposition of a good smelling car shampoo well you get the therapeutic element of it you get the pleasurable user experience um that also then translates to the performance aspect right so a good smelling car shampoo will more likely make you more um systematic in the way you clean your vehicle and more um how shall i say it more um conscious of what you're doing because you're because that pleasurable experience is heightening your senses and you're getting engrossed into the task that you're fulfilling at the time right and the quality aspect is smell from a sports science perspective let's say or not necessarily sports science but from a sign biological scientific perspective can influence um, your perception of whether a product is good or not from a quality perspective um, and that's just smell um, you've got lots of different components to each product um, that will touch those three key principles um, and when we you know the, the, over 
say I say hundreds of hours of conversations with Roger about how we're going to approach each product, you know, we will literally sit down and map out exactly what we want their product to do. Now, this doesn't mean that good products that meet these criteria don't exist in the industry. They do. Um, but our job as a company is to ensure that we bring what we feel we bring the very best that we can in one package in one brand um, to our club, you know, our clients, you know, their users. Um, so hence we have, you know, as part of the design process of, of, of looking at each of these chemicals, we wanted to break it down um, one for the, the, the person that's getting into detailing that might not quite understand what all the products do or what products they need. So we started with zero being the very first step um, of, of the, the cleaning process. So zero is our cleanse range. Yep. Um, and it's part of, it's part of the, the naming of that range. Um, and within zero, we have like a, the decon shampoo, which decontaminates the vehicle. Um, I can go into much more detail, by the way. So if you got any, if you want me to do that, I can. I'm oh yeah, definitely. Time, but, oh no, um, no. I mean, if you've got time, I'm going to sit here and not shut up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so I'll start at a high level, then we can we can delve into into them yeah. a little bit more. Then you got um, iron oxide, which is your fallout remover, which removes iron um, oxide particulates off the surface. Um, we've got zero interior cleaner. Um, at the moment, we have other products I can't tell yeah. you about that, that will fit into that zero range. And then one is the maintenance side of the, of the, the product suite. So, um, you know, your car shampoo, your wheel shampoo, um, your glass cleaner, um, to maintain the vehicle effectively. So, you know, you, you deep clean it to begin with, you then go into your maintenance mode and then the two and three of the product range is two is your the protection side. So that that's your quick detailers and your hybrid sealants and your full blown sealants. And then three is if you want to take it that step further, you're going to like ceramic coatings um, or polymeric coatings. Um, of, of that nature so so we wanted to make it really easy for people to understand or as easy as it, you can within reason we didn't want to make it too easy too dumbed down um, but we also wanted to make it intriguing as well for the enthusiasts for the prosumers um, for the professionals um, because behind all of this is a system that we're putting in place yeah for professionals to follow <clears throat> Um, and, and then we're actually going to be launching a certification program that will be very unique to the industry. Um, hopefully this month, oh, sorry, September, um, that, that, the, the, all the naming and, and why the chemicals exist will really come to the fore, especially to the professionals, but we'll hopefully translate that as well on the website adequately. Can, I'm trying to think what I just had done. Obviously, I had the decon, and if you you just released a new product, a new ceramic. Yeah, so we released um, comes in like a little box. Correct. Yes, that's yes. what I have. So, yeah, okay, very good. Excellent. So, <laughs> so, so we we um, we released three ceramic coatings, 
oh well if we're going to be technical here we released two um ceramic coatings and one polymeric coating yeah. but they're all let's say under the, the guise of a ceramic coating um and um the one of the coatings called typhon and there's reasons for the names <laughs> as well but it's called typhon and um it's that's our five-year coating and i hate the term five year and i can explain to you why yep I hate that it won't be popular but Good. um um I'll, I'll do that once yep. I told you that you want to. Um, so Typhon's a five-year coating. It's a professional-only coating. So you can only use that coating if you've gone through the Gary Sherapy certification program. Yep. Um, and that's to ensure um, that the professional installing the coating is following the recommended guidelines of how to use the chemicals, how to prepare the vehicle. Um, there's other aspects as well yeah. as we want to... Ethically, we want to ensure that the professional is insured um, as well for their, for their, you know, for public liability and, and all, all that jazz, effectively. Um, and that they know the ins and outs of how the coating works. So, so when you apply ceramic coating, you have to do it in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, in a specific way of, of application and then removal. Um, and the removal part generally um, is the, the more difficult part of the, of the process. Well, actually, the most difficult part of the process is preparing the paint for yeah. the coating. That's the most time-consuming part. But, but um, with the professional coatings, where they're a lot more difficult to apply than the more consumer-targeted um, coatings, you, you need that um, extra level of um, training. And to, to install it, um, we released Cerberus, which is a three-year coating, which I believe is what you had in your car, okay. um, which um, has all the benefits of the professional coating, but it's a lot easier. And you could tell, well, why have why even have a professional-only coating? And and that is a very controversial topic um, um, that we can go into a little bit later. Um, and then release a top coat, which maintains the two coatings so the top coat makes the surface um very slick very hydrophobic adds a little bit of chemical resistance guards against water spotting um, um and there's a bunch of other things that it does as well um so they're the three coatings we, we released because I'll, I'll explain to people if they haven't if they have never had their car done like this it's the first time you get in and it rains it's very strange to see the way the water moves across the bonnet of the car and moves across the windscreen. It is, yes. it's, it's very sci-fi if you've never seen it before, because you kind mm. of realize that, that the, the, the water is kind of not sitting on the car. There's something else there. And it, mm. and the way it just glides off, you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you... yeah it's, it's, it's so, so, so what, what, protective products do is alter the surface tension of the the, the paint um, and that's what gives the hydrophobics uh, effectively and the feel of the, of the paint so um, there's there's various reasons why you would want beading yeah. but there's also negatives to beading as well and, and water behavior um, if you imagine those balls of water if you if you if, if, the, if the water isn't soft and you leave the car out in the sun well, they, they will magnify the rays and potentially um, 
evaporate the water, which will then leave the, the mineral deposits behind, which is your watermarks. Yeah. Um, so there's negatives to having it be, but the but I would, the positives that I would say outweigh the negatives. Okay. And if you care for it properly, you can mitigate a lot of those troubles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I can, I can only talk from my own experience of, of having it. You know, it's I, I wash my car probably about once a week to once a fortnight, just wash it with water and wipe it down and then dry it off. And then about every three to four weeks, shampoo. And and it just, it just never, you know, I'll wash it down with water after like what Liam's done after about a week. Yeah. And it will just look like I've left Liam's. Yeah. (laughs) That's very good. Yeah. 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 As as long as I dry it off and polish it, you know, like dry it off properly, it'll look like it's just been done again. And I find yeah. I, I can probably do that two or three times and then shampoo everything. And it's like, yeah. And that, that's, that's, that's um, the ultimate aim of um, the, the car care products. So I think one of the, one of the things that, that I believe um, garage therapy does um, at the moment, maybe better than, than, than others um, is we, we, we're not scared to talk about, um the the products and and what the ultimate goal is hmm. for the products so um, uh, you you'll notice and i'm sure when you look on instagram um some companies will focus on um, um the color of their wool cleaner or, or the color of their snow foam or whether it's got good water behavior well not to say that we don't um do that as well but but we'll have a conversation about is beading good or not yeah. Even though our products make things bead, but we're more than happy to, to tell, to inform people and educate them of the negatives of beading, as well as the positives as well. And, and we're happy to have that conversation um, because we don't want to, we don't, one of the things that, that Roger and I were very clear on in the beginning is, that we, you know, we don't want to treat our customers like they're, um, you know, babies. Effectively. Yeah. You know, we the information arm them with the information then they can make their own informed decisions going forward and i think i think our customers respect that yeah because i think as well the kind of the customers you've got and i won't sort of say names or anything other products and stuff but you're not going into a high street shop to buy you've probably all like we all did we all started there to a degree you know we went in picked up stuff and then you learn about other stuff and and you kind of keep progressing, keep progressing. So by the time somebody, if they don't just jump straight to garage therapy, by the time they find you, they're going to be very, it's because they're searching for more than what they can get off the high street. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's, it's like with anything, right? The more, you know, you don't, uh, oh, maybe this is a bad example, but when you when you wanted to buy your first car, you don't look at a Ferrari and think, right, I'm going to buy a Ferrari as my first car. You might do, but, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah. but the likelihood is, is that is that you know you, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. And, and as your passion grows for it, then you start looking at other things as you progress. You do because it's it's a learning curve, isn't it? It's like you said, the, the, one of the ways you actually got into it was because you were doing research and dis- and was just like you you wanted the best you could do, but it's just like my budget does not get me to a professional detailer. So, right, so how can I do that for myself? And it, it was an education that, that led you to here. Absolutely. But so what is controversial about the five year so, professional only coating? Yeah, so and, and, and this is not um, 
I've 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 always thought this ever since coatings um, effectively hit the the market. Um, but one of the there's some there's some effectively universal truths that you can't escape with cars. They're going to get driven, yeah. Generally, yeah. yeah. Right? They're going to get dirty, and as a byproduct of them getting dirty, you're going to have bonded contaminants in the car. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. It's going to happen. Now, coatings and 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 other um, uh, the coatings are generally inorganic, so fully synthetic coatings, and and other products that are water-based, let's say, will protect the vehicle and will um, slow down um, the cars getting uh, dirty, or I should say the contaminants bonding as quickly on the vehicles, right? Um, However, after a year or two, you're going to have bonded contaminants and you're going to need to deal with those bonded contaminants um, because it's, it's a, it's a catch 22. Those bonding contaminants will um, start um, degrading the performance of the coating. Yep. And they'll start eroding it as well. Um, Cause a lot of those contaminants will be um, most likely be acidic um, or even high alkaline, depending on what, how you, you care for your, your vehicle um and you, you you either leave the vehicle and you you just accept that the paint isn't going to feel as smooth um and it's not going to look as glossy after those two three years and you just say right okay well that's just uh, you know i accept that and and if you're not into cars then you might oh, i say not into cars is the wrong apologies if you're not into detailing then you might do just that or you think right i've got to get those contaminants off the car because i want the paint to feel smooth i want the hydrophobics to be restored i want you know to deal with some of the the wash marring and scratches that it's accumulated over this couple of years because another universal truth is that every time you touch the vehicle you're damaging it yeah and 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 as 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 um great as our new tools are in the industry with the soft wash mitts and the brushes and and the towels etc unfortunately um the clear coats that they put on cars are getting softer and thinner so 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 they they you know they wear and they and they damage over time so you need to deal with that that damage right um or you don't have to you can leave it um but but if you want your vehicle to look good you need to deal with it so at that two year point or three year point let's say what do you do with the coating you've applied because by once you start machine polishing the coating it's going to remove it yeah now what um what you will hear on the on on um in on the social media and from companies that their coatings are really hard um, and, um, you know, to, to remove the coating, you've got to machine polish it off with a heavy compound. Well, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> um, you, you do get cut. Some coatings are harder than others to remove. Um, however, once you start abrading the surface, you start removing the material of the coating and that diminishes the coatings um, protective qualities yeah. and appearance qualities. Therefore, at that two or three year juncture, 
the coating, whether or not you've got a coating there, you've got to deal with the, the realities of owning the vehicle. So what's the point of having a five-year coating? Now, if I'm playing, if I'm playing devil's advocate, I would argue against myself. Well, the, the point of having a five-year coating is that those five-year coatings are of um, um, higher solids. Mm -hmm. We'll say they lay down thicker, so therefore their performance drop-off over the over the years is a lot less of a steep curve than, let's say, the two or three-year coatings. That in itself is a mind, but that's not necessarily true what I just said, but it's it's relatively true. Yeah. So you get some you get some coatings that you would get incredibly high performance, like a flat line. Imagine like a tool, uh, like yeah. a, a power car. You'll get a flat liner, then it'll tail off quickly. You get some that gradually degrade. You get all sorts of behaviors of of, of how coatings degrade over time. But generally the the longer term coatings will degrade slower you would imagine than yeah the shorter so there's the argument there as well you're getting greater performance for those two three years than what you would if you had the three-year coating and again you could easily argue against those points for or against so i'm of the opinion that really you don't really need anything more than a two or three-year coating on the vehicle because at that two or three year mark, you're going to want to send it back to your detailer for them to inspect the vehicle and potentially machine polish and recoat the vehicle anyway. Okay. But <clears throat> equally, if you, the car's a garage, uh, I hate the term garage queen, but the car's garage, yeah. <laughs> you don't drive it often like my car, <laughs> right? Then the coating's going to last for a very long time, so you don't need to worry about it. But, um, you know, the the... What I'm saying is a, it's a, yeah. a good generalisation of the, of the problem. Yeah, but it, I mean, there is, it's, look, it's the same as when you buy household paint, though, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. the, the, there's, there's paint that just comes out that, that is just of a higher quality and it, it, it's just slightly thicker, etc., etc. But at the same time, if it's right by the light switch and you've got three kids who are all toddlers or by the door, by the time you've had six months of hands rubbing on that, it doesn't matter what paint you put on. But the flip side to that is, is you started off with the quality in the first place. You know, that it's external circumstances in the environment that changed the effectiveness of the paint, not the actual paint itself. And again, that might be a bad example, but that would be the same with the ceramic coating, a five-year coating. Yes, yes, to a certain extent, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the... The the issue really comes in is is, is how um, the other car care brands um, market the coatings mm. um, like and and it's not um, just um, the detailing industry but but um, marketing is such a powerful tool in the messaging you give to your customers right so if you're marketing it as a, as a five year coating some coatings say they last up to nine years. Um, then the customers that might not be that bothered about what's going on in the car, they just want the protection. Yeah. Might think, well, okay, I'm going to spend the extra £500 to get a nine-year coating instead of a five-year. But they might, yeah. in reality, they might not be getting anything different or anything better for them. And yeah. that, 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 can be, um, that can lead to a lot of unmanaged expectations, right? 
and a lot of negative connotations against the companies, against the installers, against you know lots of lots yeah of the, the industry as, as as a whole, right? And um, I think it's a value for money, isn't it? Against expectation. Yes, yes, and and I think one of the one of the issues as well is that because the barrier to entry um, in our industry is a little bit um, low in a sense that the fact that you can go to um, a, a company and get off-the-shelf chemicals all to the scent and, and bring them out to the market that then you get some companies not giving the right information to their customers so then the expectation levels aren't managed correctly or there's misinformation and then you, you get into a whole world of well, that actually does bring us back to something we nearly got into earlier on, is how did you decide? Because you're not white label. So how yeah. did you decide to what chemicals to use and why? Um, it's, so we, we, we wanted to work. Okay, so we don't have manufacturing facilities to uh, make our own chemicals in-house. So we need to effectively hire the expertise to yeah. do that. And I don't have any shame in, in, in saying that. Um, what, what you will hear is that, oh, if you don't have your own in-house chemist, then oh, yeah, you're not as good as X, Y, Z, right? which is the biggest load of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. You're not, you're, not as, you're not as good as, as the, the world's best industries in chemicals. Yeah, okay. yeah it's, it's like, it's like you, you liken it to the car thing, right? You know, if you said to Horatio Pagani, you're never going to be like Ferrari because you don't have their resources and stuff. Yeah. Well, look at him now. You know, it's like yeah. it's uh, so, um, and and you can equally say that with Lotus, right? You know, they're virtually well, they were virtually bankrupt, right? Still made great vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with 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 us, we, we due to our technical nature, we knew what we wanted, and and what we wanted is just not possible with off-the-shelf chemicals. So we needed to find chemists, um, and I was lucky that one of uh, one of my um, a friend that I've known for a very long time works for a very large raw material manufacturer. Um, so I reached out to him and said, "Look, I need chemists," um, and you know we we, we worked with um, several chemists in the beginning, and it wasn't good. Um, there's various ways of working that that Roger and I like to to instill, and, and and part of that is allowing us into the 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 design process, the manufacturing process, um, why chem certain chemicals are used, why they're not used. We want that complete transparency about the people we're hiring. We know everything um, we possibly can uh, about how the, the chemicals are formulated and how they're made. Um, so that is a lot more expensive getting that expertise um, and it's rare as well to find the chemist that can do that mm -hmm. um, and um, from their contacts as well we found uh, a, a, a company that can um, effectively find the raw materials and mix it all up for us and then and, and effectively send us the end, the end product with our recipe um, sheet which is which is effectively how it works and as that's as we've grown and and we've sought um, we've tried to develop new products that we wanted to fit in the range we've had to find other chemists so 
So one of the things that I didn't want to do is restrict ourselves to just one chemist or two chemists. Um, so we actually use four different chemists now around Europe. Um, because each of them have their own expertise in certain fields yeah. and they'll have their own industry backgrounds. Um, and I think that's a very powerful um, tool to harness and expertise to harness um, to, to, to get, because one chemist might not be that good at making detergents and another one yeah. might be really good at making detergents. One won't have the expertise to make coatings. The other one has all the expertise to make coatings. So you've got to, you you got to find, you know, the right companies and chemists to help you create what you want. Yeah, because it's it's complex, isn't it? Because a decontaminant and a detergent and a ceramic coating or a polymer coating, they're all different. Chem it's all different assets of or uh, facets of yeah. chem chemistry. They're not the same. They're not the same. No, and and and. It's like with like with anything, right? Is is you're only as good as um, the knowledge you've consumed and your experience. It's the same with chemists. So they won't. They'll be brilliant, but they won't know everything. Yeah. Or there won't be uh, another thing as well. Is the chemists aren't detailers either. So they can they can they can they can. It's like it's like the the, the guys who create games, right? They'll code the game. And they'll code the AI and they'll code the graphics and, and everything like that. Doesn't mean they're good at playing the game though. They might be awful. <laughs> There's probably quite a few that are terrible actually. Yeah, yeah, but but you get the professionals that know how to play the game and they're brilliant at it. Now the fact that the professional gamer didn't create the game, yeah, doesn't doesn't mean anything. It's the same with the chemists. They can create an amazing chemical or they can create a chemical, but they won't necessarily know whether it's good or not. Not necessarily. Yeah. Now, there's there's things that will tell them whether a, a chemical is concentrated or effective or whatever metric you're measuring at the time. But unless you apply it on a vehicle, unless you test it in a specific way, unless you know what you're specifically looking for in terms of whether that's gloss, whether that's water behavior, whether that's self-cleaning ability, whether that's testing it for UV A or UVB damage, whatever whatever your your test is, they won't necessarily know what the end result's gonna be when they formulated the product, right? So it's about finding a, a chemist that um, has the expertise and you work in, in synergy together to, to give them the right information for them to go back and either tweak or reformulate or or they'll come back to you and say, No, no, you're you're potentially your test is wrong or is invalid. Um, and it's one of the things Roger and I, not so much now, um, because it wears on you after a while, but, but certainly in the first few years, very, very data driven. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we, we test and we tested and, and it's, it's funny. You, you hear, you hear other people saying how much they've tested things. Right. And, and, um, um, it's, Sometimes you wonder how much really have they tested things. You yeah, because yeah. I remember one one evening where Roger and I were looking at data on, on an Excel spreadsheet and we were measuring gloss at the time. And, and we have a, an expensive, several pieces of expensive equipment that measure gloss um, and other metrics. And we were looking at all of our test results and we had pages of notes that we, we took while we were testing. 
um, and we were trying to decipher the information. And we had so much data, and, and we were looking at it for so many hours, um, that in the, in the end, the data was useless, because it was too much data. And, and we couldn't we couldn't see any pattern to it. Um, we couldn't okay. Wish, um, you know, is the product um, increasing gloss or decreasing gloss? Because gloss in itself is another. Um, it's a, it's a. It can be very misleading. Oh right. Um, because gloss in itself. So when you look at a vehicle, um, what you what you may see on YouTube. So if you Google YouTube and 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 you look at a product, and and you may see some YouTubers um, comparing two products, and they might say this one is more glossy than this product. Well, the reality is is that when you're measuring gloss, it's like trying to measure the height of the Himalayan mountains across the whole mountain range. Right. Right. And if you think, if you and and if you if you if you if you think about, let's say, the Himalayan mountain range, right, and the amount of light that shines on that mountain range, and how how much it reflects and refracts, and and yeah, you're relying on a tool to give you that exact measurement at that exact point in time, and then you're trying to gauge that reference point to another reference point, which is almost non impossible to do. Yeah. So trying to measure gloss between two sections of the same panel or two different panels is almost impossible to, to draw a real good conclusion from it. Um, and um, one of the, the things that, that these tools can, 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 do as well is they can um, potentially give more importance to gloss than what the reality is. Okay. You see, your your eye or your brain likes gloss, right? So we like things that are shining, but it's not really the gloss that your 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 brain likes. Um, it's the it's it, you know you, you process. You know, your eyes so our eyes are so complex, and and the amount of information that we process um, is is phenomenal. And and gloss is just one tiny aspect of a large spectrum of things that our brain or eyes look at to see whether something looks good or not. And obviously, every individual is different as well. Um, so it's it's a it can be quite a, a quite a daunting prospect when you're testing products to to prove that your product is doing what you say it's doing or not. Okay. Uh, sorry, I waffled <coughs> there. No, no, really no, no. But this is—I mean—that's kind of um, what I was hoping for as well, because it's the the thing about the detail. People who are into it will understand is just how bloody complex it is, and it's you know like when i was growing up if you went down to, to your local garage and bought some turtle wax you thought you were doing well and you had a leather chamois and some washing up liquid but if as long as you put some turtle wax on it that that was fine do you know what i mean that 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 was the height of kind of valentine in car cleaning at the day 
and and then you know you've got products that things start to get a little bit more advanced but it was still based around shampoos simple polish and it it did it's, you know it, it was like that for years and then i suppose what in about the last 10 years maybe 15 years people have started investing the time in the technology and you know a lot of these coatings that you know it's become so so sort of technical and there's so much industry and thinking behind these things now and and we're the you know polymer we start talking about ceramic coatings and polymers and stuff you're starting to talk about industries from the military to, to space tech all to do with hydrodynamics aerodynamics and all of that and and these are now getting pulled just so that you and I can clean our cars to a higher standard. Yes. But the industry has changed so rapidly in terms of its advancement in technology. Yes. And, 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 and we we do look at other industries and and read scientific papers from other industries to get clues as to what's potentially coming um, in the future. And, and, um, it's, 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 you're right. There's there's so many new chemicals being created as well, so um, that it's it's almost overwhelming. Yeah. Um, to a certain to a certain degree, it's the same with the data that I was talking about. You, there's so much data available and information available that it can become overwhelming. I mean, detailing can be as simple or as complex as as, as you you want it to be. Um, you don't need to go into the same level of detail as what I might go into, for example. Um, a good detailer doesn't doesn't necessarily need to know the most um, no. to be a good detailer. Um, I think I think what what's what's happened, um, and, and this is where standardisation of, of terminology and 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 needs to improve in our industry. And there's associations like the IDA, um, International Detailing Association and um, um, PVD in the UK um, that are are trying their hardest to help bring standards to our industry uh, and things of that nature. Um, But it's, you're you're absolutely correct. The the, the amount of information now available and the technology available to detailers just wasn't necessarily there even 10 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, and and that reflects in the products that are being used today, um, and the tools that the detailers are using, and, and the type of, of finish you can get now from the different tools. Um, and um, the, the 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 truth is in the name of the, you know, of, of our industry, like the detailing industry. It's all about the detail. So so what I, some people, what I, I think doesn't do doesn't serve. Uh, our industry much justice or give it the credit is is the amount of thought that goes into uh, creating some of these tools and someone will come and say oh well uh, here's one that i've enjoyed recently detailing <laughs> buckets right you don't need a detailing bucket you can buy a um you know a, a, a one pound yeah. yeah bucket one pound from from bnq so that question gets posed to me uh, by a very good friend of mine um or it's become a good friend of mine. And he goes, you don't need bullshit detailing buckets. And you don't, right? As long as it holds water within, to a certain degree, you don't need it. But 
you're detailing, then that's those are the things that the detailer should care about. Yeah. Because the in the same way that you dress up to go to work, you might wear a, a, a suit and a tie. That appearance that you're giving to people shows that you mean business, and and the tools that a detailer uses should convey the same thing. I mean, you know, from a business coach perspective, you know, people can learn a lot from just the way they they look, for example, or the, yeah. or the tools they use in terms of the perception that they might give a prospective client or the people they work with. Um, but um, to tackle this detailing bucket thing, to, to bring some context to uh, what I'm saying to, to, to the listeners, is that the reason why bigger buckets exist, and let's call them detailing buckets, where you get 16 to 20 litres, is not to try and rip people off, right? It's because if you wash the car correctly, then the transfer of the wash solution from the bucket to the car, right, should be at such a rate that the your wash bucket diminishes. Yeah. So if you only have 10 litres of water or 9 litres of water, there's simply not enough water there to appropriately clean the car. Now, that's the detail. Say, oh, Marius, no, that's the detail. Right? Now, now you can, now the 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 you can have a reductionist argument and say, oh, you know, Maz or Maris, what the hell are you talking about? I can clean the car with eight liters of water, you know, uh, and and yes, you can clean the car with eight liters of water, but. The difference between a detailer and an enthusiast is the detailer wants to inflict no damage to a car, yeah. right? Um, or um, they want to inflict the minimal amount of damage and do it the safest way possible, and to ensure that the 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 and the, the the safest way it possible is 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 done is to ensure that the wash solution is being appropriately transferred to the vehicle, right? So, but that makes so, perfect sense, though. It does, and, and and but you'll get people saying, "Well, yeah, yeah. I don't believe in that," and that's fine. You know, I mean, it, it, the, the purpose of me saying it is not to say to the people, "Well, oh, don't throw away your B and Q buckets. Go and buy 10, 15 quid buckets." You know, yeah. But it's it's it, it again. It just depends on how far you want. And yet, to the take funny the thing car, is, right? the funny thing is, anybody could go into their household cupboards, whatever, and they'll have half the products in there. Will have a, a solution metric on the back that says you should add so many capsules to this amount of water. Right down yes. for, to your washing machine for washing powder, you know, softener, all of that. It's all measured based on the dilution of water or the dilution of the liquid you're putting it into. Yes. So that what that would make perfect sense that actually your standard you know bucket isn't enough for the dilution of the water for application that you yes have. i mean i mean yes yes and no i mean um so so dilution. it's because i'm selling myself a, a bucket now a detail yeah <laughs> there you go yeah justify it to the wife <laughs> <laughs> but um it's 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 interesting you should say that and, and concentrate so so the not all liquids right or chemicals are equal no right not all concentrations are, are, are equal either. Um, and um, the detailer, again, he should know his chemicals uh, or, uh, you know, he should absorb the information on the back of the label as much as possible and, 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 and understand why the chemist is saying put X amount of product into X amount of water, etc. And um, 
dial up or dial down that 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 um, dilution appropriately for the job yeah. they're doing. Um, however, and, and, and here's another area that that uh, what I particularly dislike, but it's a reality, is that um, you may see on the back of a shampoo, you may see it's dilutable uh, one to five hundred, or one to one thousand, one to two thousand. That doesn't necessarily tell um, the end user the actual real concentration of a product. So um, that is just a guideline that the, the chemist or the company is giving a user to gain an experience of using that product. And, 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 and uh, when I say experience, I mean like um, to gain adequate performance from the chemical to clean the vehicle, let's say. Okay. Um, but that that doesn't mean that the product is, if it says as one to two thousand, that is hyper concentrated. It doesn't necessarily mean that because chemists don't, when they create a chemical, they don't create a chemical to one to two thousand ratio. Everything is how much percentage of chemical is going into the the the, the carrying solution, i.e. water, is going into this, and it might be five percent, it might be ten percent. It might be 50%, it might be 60%. So that's really the concentration of the chemical, not the 1 to 1,000, the 1 to 2,000 guideline that you're giving to the end user to use. So, so I just, I'm loving this, but I'm also very conscious yeah. of the fact that you were cooking dinner before we started. No, no, don't <laughs> worry about that. Don't worry, it's fine. It's fine. I can stay on as long as you, you want me to. <laughs> well, I have one last question um, because, again, this is – Something I've bought into myself, but I don't know why. All right, so I have one of those like cleaning mitt things that you put your hand yes. in, and you know, and you've just launched a new one. Yes, but I don't. I, I buy one because I I know that that's what you're supposed to do. I've no idea why. What makes that better than a cloth, or what makes that better than a towel? I don't. So yeah, so you get. Um... Yeah, how, how am I going to explain this? Um, so the reason why we released a um, a wash pad and, and, and a wash mitt recently is um, is to do several different things. One is to maximise the potential of the shampoos that we've created um, to our customers. So if you use, let's say, one car shampoo, I... Um, you know, Garish Therapy will, will, will recommend that you use our wash pad because we know that that wash pad is of sufficient quality mm. um, and its design is suited to maximise the, you know, the, 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 the shampoo that you that you bought from us. So you get the best user experience, the best performance, and ultimately then in turn the best value from it. Um, what I guess separates our um, wash pad from other mitts um, um, is it's very fine margins so I'm not going to say to you that our wash pad is 100% better than X company's wash yeah. pad on, you know. um, however um, we designed the wash pad one it's using um, some of the best yarn in the world um, that you could get so um, from Korea so we um, we used our resources and our contacts to find that you know the, the manufacturing facilities and you know the companies in korea that make these products and 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 you know we asked we gave them a brief and said can you work with us on this can you create 
X, Y, Z, and, and some of them said yes, some of them said no, you know, and we've chose the one that was willing to work with us on, on this. Um, we then in turn, we obviously we tested their products and, and said, right, okay, their yarn is so soft and it's, you know, really high quality. Um, and then we then went into the design phase of, of what we wanted to create. So the wash pad is 23 centimeters by 23. Uh, it's a couple of inches deep. Um, the foam, um, all I will say about the foam and its internal construction is that we're very meticulous into um, the design of the foam, um, the foam going in it, the lining, um, the yarn used, um, how much water it can absorb, um, how, you know, one that gave the user an ability to modulate how much water it absorbed. Um, and the byproduct of that is the way in which this design encourages the end user to wash their car better than other wash medium. And, and the way um, that I explain this to people is that because of the size of the pad, you need to do less swipes on, on the panel than what you would with a smaller pad. And that seems obvious, right? But yeah. the danger is, is that if you over wipe a section, you're going to increase the chances of marring the surface or scratching it, even with a shampoo on the surface. So you want to reduce that. Ideally, um, you want to do it as much as two passes per panel at most. If you're doing three passes on a panel, it's too much. You're overcleaning the panel. I didn't so, know. So um, you want to modulate the pressure you're putting on the car. So I say modulate. You want to, with the with the size of our pad and the, the amount of water it can hold, uh, and you can obviously adjust that by giving it a squeeze. But you want the pad. You don't want to feel the need to push down or yeah. put any extra pressure on the pad. Um, you know, you want it to retain the wash solution um, as best as possible. And then in turn, the, the suds of the shampoo. Now, th another controversial um, aspect uh, as well is that um, you hear many people saying suds don't do anything. Well, they don't do anything in terms of necessarily cleaning. You could say, yes, you know, the, 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 the suds may encapsulate some of the dirt and pull it off the panel potentially. But the... the the way garage therapy, the way I and Roger look at suds, it's a, it's a guide of where you've been on the panel. Yeah. And you need, you really need that guide because if you wash the car without suds, regardless of whether it's slick or not, it's actually very unenjoyable to do. And you miss parts of the car as well. So I'd feel robbed if, actually... it, if it didn't all, if there weren't suds everywhere, I'd feel robbed. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. So it's, it's it's all it's all parts of the package, right? It's 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 um, now there's a equally as well. You don't want too much suds mm. either, because you don't want it to be hard. You want it to be free rinsing. You know, if it's sunny outside, you don't want the suds to dry on the surface, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, so so the cut the long story short, the wash pad <laughs> is being designed to what I and Roger feel is the most optimal size. Yeah. And, and performance characteristics and quality that should be in a wash pad. Now, some people might not like wash pads, might prefer a mitt, you know, and, and that's fine, but we've created a wash pad, so. 
But that, sorry, I've just, because that suds thing reminds me of something you said at the beginning about the lavender smell because it engages your senses. Mm. And that's what suds do to me. It engages, so it engages yeah. me in the process. So, so um, I don't know if you play golf or you're a keen golfer, but um, the, the uh, and I use this example constantly, so people would have heard me use it before. So, so you get high compression balls and low compression golf balls. Okay. And the only way you can tell whether a ball is high compression or low compression is the sound it gives off the club face. Yeah. So the, the manufacturers will tune the sound that the ball makes when it's impacted to give you the impression whether the ball is hard or soft. Okay. So the suds do the same thing. We, we're using the suds to enhance the user experience for the user. And, and, and I don't know if other companies do the, as much as we look into, as much as we, you know, uh, but, but we, we, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very important aspect to when we create our products is, aside from the performance every product of us has to perform there's no compromise it has to perform but we also care deeply about the user experience because ultimately the professionals are going to be using it every day yeah so they're going to want a good product to use and the enthusiasts when they clean it on the weekend they want to be you know they want to get they want to get their fix don't they but this is what's been lovely about this because the the company has actually come about you know because of uh, the passion that you and Roger have for cleaning cars, for the detail of cleaning cars, and that it it had to be. It wasn't just about the cleaning; it is about it was understanding from uh, a car lover's perspective, the the pleasure of cleaning the car, of the actual process of cleaning it, and the enjoying the look of it afterwards, and how you you know, and only a car. Only a car enthusiast who who un, enjoys cleaning their cars understands how good it feels later when you're driving it and you go out somewhere and you walk back to your car after that process is all finished. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing I, I've loved about this is that's the you know that attention to detail um, really does tie in with the therapy side of the name is because for lots of us it is it's it's more than just cleaning a car. There's, there's a therapy behind it. There's a, <clears throat> the process of seeing something dirty, cleaning it. We love cleaning the car. And then it's the after effect that stays with us. And that's kind of all encompassed in everything that you and Roger have done. Yeah. Thank you very much. And, and um, I, I, I think with the company, we, we really pride ourselves on, um, you know, we don't really have gimmicks, um, not not to say that gimmicks are bad, you know. It depends yeah. what their, what people's business models are and things like that. But but we pride ourselves on taking what we do very very seriously, um, uh, and and um, that that we we do the, the you know the the due diligence and the research and and we really challenge our chemists um, to to ensure that they do the best possible job possible job they can do, um, and and you know every aspect of, of whether it's the performance, whether it's the user experience, whether it's, you know, the packaging, whether it's the comms that we're giving, whatever aspect it is, is that we're constantly thinking, is this the best that we can do? Um, and, and, 
it's, 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 one of the interesting things is, is I'm just as good as as, as criticizing my own products as <laughs> what I am, you know, praising them for for the for some of the USPs and stuff that that, that they've got. And I think that's really important because um, if if it comes to the point where I can't criticize my own products um, and I can't improve them, then well, I haven't done a good enough job. I don't think. And that's probably a great place to stop. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So that was Maz from Garage Therapy. And I'm sure you now understand what I meant when I said the detail that went into the detailing. So if you're interested in any of the Garage Therapy products, please check out the links in the description. And as always, thank you very much for listening.